And Lord God, we honor you and we just lift up your holy name. So we pray tonight, Lord God, as you um, teach your word, that you continue to bring clarity and understanding to your people. I thank you, Lord God, for the excitement of the people and the willingness of the people to learn more of you. Continue to cause us to grow. Continue, to, Lord God, to, con uh, to just provide the knowledge that we need and the wisdom to apply that knowledge. Strengthen us this night. Teach tonight, Lord God, and move me out of the way. And may your blessings fall upon your people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, take your Bible and turn to the book of Nehemiah, which is a... I should have walked back there real aggressive like he came up, you know. Have any batteries? Anyway. <laughs> Where's John when you need him? Okay. Better? All right. So tonight what we're going to talk about concerning forgiveness, and then we're going to switch back to the book of Judges. But tonight we're in Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah chapter 9. We want to talk about God's forgiving ways, Okay. Yeah, that's, it, it, you, they're so, they contrast us so much, even though we're supposed to live a forgiving life. But, um, and I know I've preached something similar to this before, but we got to, there's some deeper things here. So we're, we're going to go deeper, okay? So in Nehemiah chapter 9, go to verse 17. Of course, in Nehemiah, the people are rebuilding the wall, they're, they're, restoring the, 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 the feast, and, and they get to this point in chapter 9 where they start confessing their sins, and, 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 and these things are being said. And in verse 17, there's, there's an item here that's very interesting. They refused to listen and did not remember your wondrous deeds, which you had performed among them. So they became stubborn and appointed a leader, appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. And you did not forsake them. Now, let's stop right there for a minute. Let's, we're going to pick this apart. OK, go back to verse uh, the beginning of verse 17. They refused to listen. And then here's another key. Then now I want you to get ready to underline something here and did not remember your wondrous deeds, which you have performed among them, and did not remember, underline that, highlight or whatever, did not remember what? Well, first off, before we go to the what, you need to understand something. 
not remembering God's wondrous deeds is an offense to God. It is an offense to God. So keep that in mind. When you hear and they did not remember, it is an offense. God is, is, has done these things. And keep in mind, how many of you, how many of you have ever prayed for something? Okay, okay, yeah, everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy, but of course you have. How many of you have ever had a blessing happen and then start hollering and praising God because it happened, right? But what you don't remember is that you probably paid for it, prayed for it about 15 years earlier. You know, there's been me and Bonnie recognize that a lot. Okay, wow, you know, we did pray about that, didn't we? It didn't happen within 30 minutes when we asked for it, but years down the road, it did. How many of you prayed for your children? It was uh, not ours, exactly. But we forget about that. And then we, we, and we, we forget. And we, we often don't remember what we pray. We pray so much and ask for so much, sometimes we don't even remember what we ask for, right? Now, if I look at my children right now, I'm so blessed. You know, I remember praying for my children when they were younger and, 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 and you know, and when they were being hard-headed and when they were being stubborn and not listening and being difficult and being rebellious and all these different things. Remember those days, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. And then, now, of course, Big Mike, you're still dealing with that with your children. I got you. But anyway, <laughs> but with that, when you come back and you see the finished product, and I look at my children now, I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, what happened? Praise God, they were, <laughs> that's a blessing. We're in Nehemiah chapter 9. And so keep this in mind. In verse 17, they refused to listen. First thing, they refused to listen and, and did not remember your wondrous deeds. Now, what did they not remember? Why well, don't you take your Bible, hold Nehemiah chapter, seven, chapter 9, go to Joshua. Go to Joshua, chapter 4. Go to Joshua, chapter 4. But hold on to Nehemiah, chapter 7, chapter 9. I keep saying chapter 7. Hold on to Nehemiah, chapter 9. Go to Joshua 4. Joshua, chapter 4 is where we're going next. Page 303. <laughs> For those of you in the same Bible that I'm in. <laughs> okay. In Joshua chapter 4, starting with verse 1, listen to this carefully. Now, when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from each tribe, and commanded them, highlight that word, commanded them, saying, Take up yourselves twelve stones from out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing. Now look, you keep reading. Let's keep going here. Flip your page if you're on the same Bible. Firm and carry them over with you and lay them down in the, in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So Joshua called the 12 men whom he uh, had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross again to the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. And each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the sons of Israel. Verse six, let this be a sign among you so that when your children ask later, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant 
of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan. So the waters, listen to this carefully, of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a what? Memorial to the sons of Israel forever. Now, now keep in mind, hold, hold Joshua chapter 4. Go back to Nehemiah chapter 9. Look at verse 17. They refused to listen and did not remember. Now, go back to chapter 4 in Joshua. Let's put this together. Look at verse 1 again. Now, when the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua. The commandment to set up the memorial was given by God, not by man. So guess what it was? It was something that was to be obeyed. The memorial was something that was to be obeyed. Look at this. Verse 2. Take for yourself 12 men from the people, one from each tribe. Now look at verse 3. And commanded them, saying, take up yourselves 12 stones. He commanded them. He commanded them. That means that the memorial was supposed to be remembered. And then Joshua explained later on in chapter 4, what? When your children ask, in other words, you need to remember why. You need to remember why. Now go back to Nehemiah chapter 9. This is why when it says they refused to listen and did not remember, this is why that's an offense to God. Because guess what? Did they sin by forgetting? Did they sin by forgetting? Yes or no? Why? He commanded them to set up a memorial for the purpose of communicating what happened to them. Because keep in mind, what is he tying it to? Look, let's read on. He commanded, he did not remember your wondrous deeds, which was crossing the Jordan, which was crossing what? The Red Sea on dry ground, which was the 40 years, which was the pillar of fire and the cloud. Okay. All of which was the manna. What else? Okay, keep in mind, by this time in Nehemiah, what else has happened? Has Jericho happened yet? Mm. But, but what has happened? What other victories have they had? Well, Ai is after Jericho. Ai is after Jericho. So what has happened, though? Get, keep in mind, look at this. Wondrous deeds which you had performed among now, the next thing is, uh, you, you say it, go ahead. Well, just the receiving of the land of Canaan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They want to stay on this side of the Jordan, but they went over to fight. They went over to fight. Now, keep in mind. Now, look at this. Look how he writes it. And which you had performed among them. Among them. Which complies what? A God that was in the presence of them at their time. They, they did not remember. They did not remember. That's an offense to God. How do you forget that God has been in your presence? Because everybody in here can be guilty of that. When God fed them, what else did they forget? Keep in mind, it wasn't just manna that whole time. What, what, what else did he provide? He provided water from where? A rock. Yeah, he provided. What else? Then, then, then after the manna came, what else came? Yeah, exactly. 
So, so keep in mind, this is, and this is the presence of God that is, um, but keep in mind, it's among them. You got, don't, don't forget, he had performed among them with this group, with this body, and his presence was there. How do, how do we know his presence was there? How? In the cloud. And how else? What else? But, um, wow, good. I'm glad you're back from vacation, Don. Appreciate it. You can't take another one for another six and a half. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> just kidding. Now, look at this. Because they didn't remember, look at the reaper. Now, now we're going to get to God's forgiveness in a minute. I'm breaking this down so you can understand. So they became what? Look at verse 17. They became stubborn and appointed. Now, here's they, what else they did that offended God. Not only did they become stubborn, when, when you become stubborn, that means you've determined in your heart to do the exact opposite or not do what you've been commanded to do. And one thing that they didn't do was remember. One thing that they didn't do was listen. One thing that they didn't do was even be appreciative for what had happened. So they became stubborn. They were, they were stubborn. They were identified as stubborn. And not in, in their stubbornness, they actually became, um, then they became rebellious through that stubbornness, right? Because look what they did. And appointed a leader. Ooh, they appointed a leader. They, Moses was appointed by God, right? They appointed a leader. And then not only did they appoint a leader, they threw another insult at God and said, we're going to go back. Our leader is going to take us back where we were in slavery. Another offense. Now, so we've built up all these offenses against God, haven't we? Now, look what the rest of the scripture says. So they became stubborn and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. Period. But then Nehemiah puts a but in there. Because that but negates what they did because it didn't affect God's forgiveness. But you are a God of forgiveness. See, now here's where we have to understand God's forgiveness. This is where this is where God's forgiveness is different than how we actually operate in forgiveness. OK, I'm gonna read the rest of this scripture. You are a God of forgiveness. Gracious. Kim, break out your handy dandy Google device and look up gracious. I like making y'all work. Gracious and compassionate. Now, he's, he's been offended, right? He's been offended because guess what? L look what it looks like. And they did not remember. That's an offense. They, they wanted to go back to Egypt. God has given them the land of Canaan. He's, he's made a promise, and they want to go back. And he's gracious and compassionate. Now, look at this. He's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. You got it, Kim? Okay, go ahead. Wow. That's what gracious is. Gracious is... And all of those are actually, they, they can't be uh, considered verbs because they're actions, okay? Merciful, okay? That's withholding, okay? Compassionate, that's what? That's understanding and doing what? What is compassion? What's compassion? We see, huh? Lo, 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 what, what's compassion? Come on, y'all. What is, go ahead, can't handy dandy Google it. But get this, you see, but keep in mind, his, his, his graciousness, his compassion, 
his loving kindness, all of that is wrapped up in what? In his forgiveness. See, he's a, he has action in his forgiveness. Now, go ahead. Wow, you can stop. Okay. There's more. There's a bunch. That's a whole bunch of synonyms for, actually, the more synonyms than they are, I mean, not antonyms, than, than defining because it branches off. But look, that's what's wrapped up in his forgiveness. So guess what? Since he's so compassionate, look at the rest of the verse. He's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and you did and did not forsake them. He did not, even though they offended him, his forgiveness works in the fact that he didn't leave them. And he still provided for them. He still desired. And here's the next thing. In that forgiveness, God's forgiveness, he desires to be with those who even offended him. He desires to be with those. Now, do you see the difference between our forgiveness and God's forgiveness? We're going to go a little further. I want you to remember this statement. God's forgiveness. We, we think the way we work as, as human beings, the way we work in forgiveness we think if we just get over it, we've forgiven them. See, but that's not correct. See, forgiveness is still the same whether it's applied to God or applied to you. God is showing us the true way. You see, it wasn't a factor of whether God just got over what they did to him. God continued to provide. He continued to love. He continued to even associate, did he not? It Exactly. It's a complete erasing of it. You know, uh, people often say, I can't forget it. I can't forget it. And I know it's hard to hear if you're not forgetting, you're not forgiving. But you're going to have to live that as if it didn't, as if it, you know, yeah, it happened. I got it. But I'm going to treat you as if it didn't happen. That's the way grace works. Yeah, God says, yes, you're a sinner, but I'm going to put my grace on you. As if you never sinned and you actually did sin. OK, that's what the gracious part of it is. That's what the forgiving part of it is. I know, you know, and me and my wife, we've had this discussion all the time. Well, I, I, it doesn't bother me anymore. I just don't want to really be around this or be with it. You know, how many of you feel like that? You know, somebody has trespassed or offended you. You, you get over the initial offense. But you don't take it the step further the way God did. You think, okay, I, I've done enough. I've, I've gotten over it. It doesn't, because the things that happen to us are completely capable of incapacitating us, aren't they? They can be so hurtful that all we want to do is lay down and cry. And we want to stay mad. And we, we, we don't want to, we don't ever have to deal with that again. Right? Let's just be honest, right? But when it happens to God, what does he do? He keeps providing the, the manna. We talked about it last night, and, you know, he still, there's people out there that are sinning day in and day out, all the time, lost people. But yet, the word in Matthew says he provides the sun on the evil and the good. His love still applies to those who are evil, who are acting in evil. Who, and, and guess what? It's got to be the same. 
for us, doesn't it? It has to be because forgiveness, we can, we can put it in two categories, but there's only one definition for it, and it's God. And that's, what, that's who we're to mirror. Now, I need you to take your Bible. And I need you to turn to, let's go to, where am I, where am I marked at here? Let's go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. So I want you to remember this thought. God's forgiveness goes beyond just getting over it. Okay? I mean, praise God it does. We, we don't, do we? And, 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 you know, technically we talked about it. That's, you know, we talked about a grudge last week, you know, and I know I told all y'all you're going to hell because you can't get over your grudges. I didn't, you know, you know what I meant. Okay? <laughs> but, but, we, but we talked about that. And when, when you picture God's forgiveness, it surpasses all of that, doesn't it? So look at chapter 1 in Ephesians and start with verse 7. In him, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness, okay, the forgiveness of our trespasses. What is a trespass? It is it's an offense. It is something that is done against someone else, okay? It's something, if, if I leave my wife and go marry Miss Linda, I've trespassed, right? Yeah, I, uh, I double dipped, okay? All right? I've done that. I know Bill's like saying, if you do that, you need to have your head examined. Anyway, <laughs> hey, Miss Linda, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a double killing. I know it. That's right. And then, some, you know, all the ladies need to go see Bonnie in prison, and all the men need to go see Bill in prison, okay? <laughs> so, but look at this. In him, we have redemption through his blood for forgiveness of our, our trespasses. Now, God has said, you've offended me. Your sin is offensive, it's deplorable, it's an abomination. I don't, uh uh-uh. But the only way, I, I still desire to be with you. I still desire to be with you. See, that's where his, that's where his forgiveness changes. That's where his forgiveness and ours differ. Because we've got to say, not only, not only have you offended me, but not only am I over it, Sheila, but hey, guess what? We can still, we can still go and, 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 and go bowling now, okay? I'm over it. When I was younger, walking home from school, I got in a fight with a friend. We were, we were walking home together. We walked together as a little group, okay? And I was a brawler when I was young. I fought. I just, I fought. That's all I did was fight. And I was walking home with him, and he said something. And um, back then, yeah, I know, back then, you didn't say your mama. You didn't didn't do that. It wasn't no mama jokes going on or nothing. That didn't happen. It was an instant, hey, it was an instant fight. He didn't necessarily say your mama, but he said something about her. 
So guess what happened? It was on. It wasn't no talking. It wasn't no, we just, you know, I, I turned the windmill on, got after him, you know, and we just, yeah, and he, he you know, he was, def- he was, it was flight, fight or flight thing going on. So we were both, we were tangled up. And our buddies, they were standing around watching us because they're like, well, you know, he's kind of right that he jumped on you because you said something about his mama. So we got done. It got him into submission, you know, you know, he landed in the briar patch. I didn't. He quit. I said, well, you, you learned. We got up. I dusted him off, you know, and he said, thanks. I said, now go home, take a shower. Let's and we walked home together. It was oh, He offended me. I dealt with it. <laughs> and, and <laughs> okay. Now, I'm not saying I was right to fight it, but I dealt with it. You know, we fu- but then I was over it. And we literally, we, I mean, we're still friends today. You know, we see each other. We talk, you know, and, and, and even I've offended other people and, and have taken my punishment for it. But we became friends. We got over it. And the relationship kept going and growing and growing, even through the offense. Today is not like that. Because of the wickedness and the evil that we have right now, we are actually taught to continue to hold that grudge. And we're actually taught to continue to, yeah, I know, Jason, I agree with you. Shake your head because it's not correct. We shouldn't be doing that. In other words, you know, it, some of you might come and talk to me about something. And I'm going to tell you, hey, you've got to, you know, it, olive branch and the whole tree's got to go. You know, you've got to give it all. And then not only that, well, I just don't want to be around that person because they haven't changed. Okay, now put that in God's perspective. Put that in God's perspective. Comments. How do you think God feels? God, God feels. Because we haven't changed. We are a work in progress. Now, if that is going on in your life, why is it so hard for us to understand that it's going on in someone else's life? It's not supposed to. See, that's the difference in God's forgiveness. So we, he's forgiven us our trespasses, our offenses. He's, so let's just handle that first part. This is the way God is handling it. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to forgive you of what you did to offend me. Okay? Got that? Then next, let's keep reading. Same scripture. <sighs> look at this. According to the riches of his grace. Now look at verse 8. Which he lavished on us in uh, on us in all wisdom and insight. Now, he lavished on us abundance, a lot, more than we need to get over some of the stuff that we have. Why could he do that? Because he gave more than he needed to get over the stuff that he had. Okay. And he knew the only way it was going to be satisfied was through Jesus. It's, it's going to take this. These, these goats and these bulls are not enough. It's going to take Jesus to satisfy me. And so I'll do whatever it takes. That's God's view of forgiveness. I will do whatever it takes because my desire to be with you is that strong. Okay, do y'all really understand how much he wants to be with us? Have you ever read Hosea chapter 11? Okay, let's go there. Hosea chapter 11. 
Hosea chapter 11. Y'all waiting for the page number? Okay. <laughs> Go to uh, page 1236 if you have a MacArthur study Bible. <laughs> Hosea chapter 11. Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. You got your Bible, 1236. I'm just pointing it out. Everybody there? Let's read. When Israel was a youth, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more they called them, the more they went from them. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning incense to idols. Yet it is I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. Look at this. I led them with cords of a man, with bonds of love, and I became to them as one who lifts the yoke from their jaws, and I bent down and fed them. Look, look at this. Verse 5. They will not return to the land of Egypt, but Assyria, he will be their king, because they refuse to return to me. Verse 6. The sword will whirl against their cities, and will demolish their gate bars and consume them because, they're, because of their counsels. Verse 7. So my people are bent on turning from me. Though they call them to the one on high, none at all exalts him. Now look at verse 8. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I surrender you, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart is turned over within me. All my compassions are kindled. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not destroy Ephraim again, for I am God and not man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. They will walk after the Lord. He will roar like a lion. Indeed, he will roar. And his sons will come trembling from the west. They will come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria. And I will settle them in their houses, declares the Lord. Ephraim surrounds me with lies and the house of Israel with deceit. Judah is also unruly against God, even against the Holy One who is faithful. Look, look, God is anguishing over the one that is Offending him. Really stu we are really stubborn people. I'm sorry, who said so? We're his children, right. Yes. And and but with that same love, you can go back to Ephesians chapter one, but listen to that. Did you see verse eight? He is yearning. How can I? Yes. But yet his forget even with all the offenses that are proven. He still says what? I can't turn away from you. And not only will I forgive you, but I'm going to go even further. I'm going to put you in your houses. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to send a savior for you. You see how God's forgiveness goes further than just getting over it? Okay. You see? 
See, see, we, we, have to, we, have to, we have to expand what we think is just getting over it. Because it's more, it's more to us than just getting over it. It's more to us than just ignoring it. Guess what God doesn't do? He never ignores the offense. He addresses it, but then he moves past that and addresses it in a way that's loving and kind. You see the difference? You see, what we tend to do is ignore the offense, don't we? Until it builds up about this high, and then we pop like a pressure cooker. We start, you know, we start cussing, and, and Popeye's over here crying because you're cussing too much, you know. Ranting and raving, and then, then what do we, then the, good point, Miss Linda, let's address that, because then we go, because we've been offended, and we tell everyone else about the offense, and heap up more on ourselves, less on them, because we, yeah, we rant and rave to others, and we drag others into our pit of despair, right? But you see, whereas if we just forgive, and don't go discuss it with anyone else, yeah, you, is God telling the Baals about how um, about how we treat him? Is he telling the other non gods? Is that, huh? Does God pull up to Satan and say, "Let me tell you what they're doing to me, Satan"? Does he do that? Then why do we? Hmm? Instead of that, he enacts his forgiveness. That's a hard message, isn't it? Not as not as gingerly as last week's, wasn't it? I know everybody walked out of here fuzzy, looking like little Furbies last week. Oh, that was good. I didn't get beat up. Now, look, I want you to look at something. He lavished on us his forgiveness in all wisdom and insight. Now, I want you to get this in verse 9. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he, intention which he purposed in him. Here's the good thing about God's forgiveness. He put a lot of forethought into it. It was always in the plan to forgive us. It was all, here. Listen to that carefully. It was always in God's plan to forgive us. Is it in your plan to forgive others? It needs to be. If it's not, you know, you need to be learning more and more about how to do that. Now, I'm not telling everybody that you ain't going to hell, but you do know this, and Brother Mike quotes it all the time. If you don't forgive others, your Father in heaven won't forgive you, okay? So you can't live in a habit or practice of not forgiving. If you're struggling with something, guess what? That's why God made the avenue of pastors and deacons and other spiritual people to go and talk about this to help get through those things. Don't just sit on it, you know what I mean? Don't just sit. Me and Bonnie have these conversations all the time. I'm sharing our business, but we talk about it because guess what? Y'all know that if you cut our, cut our arms, we're all going to bleed red like the rest of you, right? We all have issues, right? Okay, so, you know, she gets, why you got to tell everybody my business? Because they know. Ow. <laughs> Husband abuse, yeah. Let's see if they talk about that on the talk, talk TV. I will be okay. Thank you. You're right. I'm going to forgive you. <laughs> okay, so here we are. <laughs> but here you see where we are? God had already intentions on forgiveness. Why? Because he knew. He knew what we were going to do. Now, we're not like God in, in our omniscience, but we are like God in knowing that people are going to do things to hurt you. 
<laughs> well, amen. Miss Anna's right, though. People are going to do things to hurt you, right? So if you know that, as God knows that, then why aren't you prepared to offer the forgiveness the way God offers the forgiveness? I know, because we're human. At some point in time, this has got to stop, because we have the knowledge now. It is not an excuse. Thank you, Jason. You're right. This, and let's, come on, Jason. Amen to that, because get this. Get this. And he, He's right, y'all. Well, I'm human, and I don't keep quit throwing that out. If, if you're saying I'm human and that's why I'm doing this, then you're saying that God's power through the Holy Spirit can affect you. Because guess what? He's indwelling in us as humans right now. Hmm? Yeah. do I, that's what I do so why it's a conflict the flesh is weak but the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit can can that's why he sent because keep in mind now keep this in mind Jesus forgave right on the cross he forgave as they insulted them as, as they insulted him right fully man and what was indwelling in him at the time? The Holy Spirit of God. Stephen did the exact same thing. Fully man. What was indwelling in him at the same time? So. Stephen would have been able to get up. If, if Jesus had popped Stephen back up and said, you know what, Stephen, we're going to stop this right now. Guess what Stephen would have done? Guess what he would have had to do? Forgive every last one of them. Because... Guess what he didn't do? He didn't ask them for forgiveness. He asked God not to hold it against them. He fell asleep, but he, the key was he did. He asked God. See, that's going. See, that's going beyond getting over it. Okay, that's going on now. Now we're going to go one more scripture here. Actually, two more. Okay. So his kind attention, he purposed. In other words, he planned. He planned his forgiveness. And then he had planned all of the attributes that come along with forgiveness, okay? Because forgiveness has all of these, the graciousness, the compassion, the kind, the loving kindness. All that comes with that forgiveness. Now look at verse 10. With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens, and things on earth in him. Now, what does that say? What does that mean? What does it mean? Let's read. With a view to an administration. Come on. There you go. And then it's summing up all things in Christ, things in, he in the heavens and things on the earth. Okay. In him. In Christ. Now, get this. Look at verse 11. Also, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to his purpose. We're going to stop right there for a moment. Having been pre Now, we're not going to get into predestination and all that other stuff. But I want you to understand that God's forgiveness has already been laid out for those who are going to come to know Christ. Okay? Now. If Christ has that, God has that view, 
that view applies to us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He. Yes. At that point, before we even did our before we committed our first transgression, Miss Tina, before you did your first sin, okay, which was being born. All right. <laughs> Basically, that's it. You know, from the womb, you know, we start we start out like before he had already said, I'm going to forgive her. I'm going to forgive her. Now. Where do we fall in that type of forgiveness where it has forethought? OK, so keep this in mind. Your forgiveness should have forethought. First off, expect the offense. Don't think God doesn't expect the offense. That's why he had to send Jesus, because the offenses are coming. And if Jesus says it's going to ha- it happen to me, it's going to happen to you. So I want to put this in on, a, on a very level playing field. Expect the offense. People will offend you. That's why Jesus says don't get offended. Because they're going to do it anyway. So don't get offended. (laughs) She said, especially with family. And we know family will hurt your feelings before anyone else will, right? Okay, we all know that. But yeah. We forgive those who trespass against us. You see, that, that, that's, that, yes, I heard that. That is a lot. And it's hard. Hey, look, we're just real about it. This is what every, per, every person in here struggles with it. Some in higher degrees than others. Some, some are good with it. And it can, but we all struggle with that. That's like Miss Anna said, especially with family. We have that one. You know, you, you go to a family reunion, you have that one that just a man don't go around him. He's going to start, you know, right? Right. And, you know, look at me. I stopped going to family. Reunion. I stopped. I even started getting I started first time I was really sick. The rest of them years I was faking sickness. So I wouldn't go. And then all of my children figured out dad's faking. They started faking sickness. The only one going to the family reunion the last few years was that one right there. And then she started getting a little queasy in the stomach them last few years, too. Yeah. So anyway. Yes, ma'am. Okay, we're going to pay about that, Miss Ann. Okay. <laughs> we got some work to do there. No, it is not. If you know that you are going to struggle with that, then but don't avoid it and use that as an excuse not to try to correct it. You just got to get spiritually strong enough to get to the point where you don't have to avoid it anymore because your avoidance. We're not to avoid anything. OK, we're to we're to we. OK, I know this is a temptation. Wait a minute. Let me get get where I need to be spiritually before I dive into that one. OK. And it, y'all, does it take years? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I ain't going to sit here and lie. It takes a It does. It can. Don't use that as an excuse. Your striving should be what? We're continuing for a lifetime. Because once you mend this relationship right here, once you mend that one, there's another one over there that's just as jacked up as that one was. Okay? And you got to, you, yeah, I know, it stings. 
But keep in mind, God poured out his forgiveness in his fashion. We should pour out his forgiveness in his fashion, which includes the graciousness, the loving kindness and all that other stuff. It's got to work that way. Now, we, we did this this week for a reason, because we're about to go back into Judges. And you're going to really see how loving God is, okay? Because <laughs> they really did some messed up stuff in Judges, okay? But no more messed up than what we've been doing, okay? No more messed up than what we've been doing. Hmm? Anybody care to? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's the truth, okay? So let's stop right there because that's a lot to handle. Um, some very good points, though. I, I, like, the, I like the point. You, you should, and do keep that in mind, you should, if it's a situation that's going to cause anger and bitterness or lead you or cause you to incur sin, you need to get away from that right now. Don't get in the middle of it. It's going, but your striving should be, okay, Lord, how does this, how, what do I do? Where's the step? Show me, show me, bring someone. Yeah, and it should be earnest prayer. It should be earnest prayer to mend that because guess what? God's earnestness to save us, everything else was put on hold to save us. You hear what I'm saying? He did everything. To, he, the, the, nothing else is happening. Right now, my focus is right here. Not that he can't focus on everything, but his whole intention, his whole everything plan was, those are my people, I love them, and I'm going to do what it takes to get back with them so that they can be with me. Because you know what? At the end of the day, when we get a new heaven and a new earth, he's going to walk among us. Yeah. And guess what? That's God showing because he can't be where sin is. He can't be where unforgiveness is. Huh? He can't be there because that's a sin. The offense has to go. It has to go away in your life, in your mind and in your heart. It has to go away. So we work on it, okay? So don't everybody walk around here with your tail dragging. It'll be a, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're working on it. That's why we have these Bible studies. Is anyone confused right now? Yes, Don. Yes. 